This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to talk about gardening. Uh, not a lot of folks going to be able to get out and do it today because it's chilly. It's going to be a little chilly this weekend, almost like it was March or early April. But anyway, we can still talk about it. I did some gardening this past week, and I'd like to talk about it a little bit, but I want to see what's on your mind. If you have some things you'd like to chat about, what Mississippi Public Broadcasting does during the week is uh, we have live programs where you can call in and talk to folks who aren't going to try to sell you anything, but uh, we'll listen to you, share some of our experiences, pass along some expertise we've picked up from others, and uh, just sort of uh, sometimes commiserate, because that's about all you can do. And um, that's what it is. It's a live program. If you want to give us a call, we have the the lines are just wide open, wide open, just getting cranked up here, folks. And it's a good day just to chat about stuff and uh, maybe get some stuff done tomorrow because it could be pretty again. And it might, you know, the, the dirt ought to be just about right. But anyway, we got plenty of stuff to talk about, but I want to see what's on your mind. If you want to give us a call again, it's toll free one eight seven seven. MPB ring. I did plant some stuff last week. Last uh, Thursday night, right before dark, I planted uh, in a new raised bed. I put some stakes. I got me some bamboo stakes and made me some teepees. Spray painted them purple because why not? And I topped them with one of those glass insulators like on the old telephone poles. And I planted beans and pea, climbing peas at each stake. And in between, uh, I planted uh, in between around the, the the corners. I planted corn. It's going to get nice and tall, and beans will climb on it. And in the middle and in the front of it, I planted squash. It's the old three sisters, an ancient Aztec uh, habit of planting beans and squash and corn together. They're synergistic. They help each other. And it's a good little meal, too. So anyway, I planted them last week, and they're already up. And I mean, they're they're up and growing. They don't, they're not just sprouted. They came up real fast because it was warm and moist. And uh, so I put a few little flowers, little things to attract some pollinators and some butterflies and bees in between, and we're going to just take it from there. That's what it's going to be like this summer. So anyway, if you want to give us a call again, toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring And we're going to start out right off the bat. We'll be up in Memphis. Hey, Roy, good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning, Felder. Hello. i got, got a question for you on um, no. What, what you think about no-till vegetable gardening. It's all right to, with me. It's not hard to – if you got clay, it's going to be hard to pull off. But uh, but it works. This is you know this way people did before plows, before tillers. You know it's always been done. So uh, have you got a specific question about it though? Well, you, you know what, what I've done for years is you know I'll throw uh, compost on top of my garden, yeah, and then till it in, yeah, and uh, you know reading permaculture and all this kind of new fairly new stuff, um, they don't till at all, and just wondering what you. What you recommend? Well, I've I've visited a lot of permaculture uh, places, literally around the world, uh, on five continents, and I've looked at forest gardening and no-till gardening. And uh, permaculture is is it's not new; it's the way we did it a hundred years ago. You know, they're sort of getting away from stuff. They're they're relabeling things the way people did for 
thousands of years, you know, before tillers and stuff. Uh, but here's the deal. If you want to have a new no-till garden, the plants still have to be able to get roots down on the ground. And the easiest way to do that is to, instead of digging the dirt yourself, physically, mechanically turning it over and mixing it all up, which works, um, you can get worms to do it for you, worms and bacteria, by uh, putting uh, a good leaf litter, you know, regular, not pine straw or magnolia leaves, but leaves that break down pretty quickly. A nice little cover of those. You can put car Cardboard, if you want anything that, that, that composts on top of the ground, and then dust it with a little cottonseed meal. Here in the south, up north they use alfalfa meal, but down here, cottonseed meal, which is organic. Even just you have to trust me on that. I work, I've written for Organic Garden Magazine, but if you put some cottonseed meal out on top of of organic matter, worms will come up and eat the organic matter. And the cottonseed meal has got a lot of protein and slow-acting nitrogen, which helps the worms break the stuff down, and they'll dig the dirt for you. And so then, from then on, you just pile more stuff on, and when you get ready to plant, pull it back, stick something in the ground, pull the mulch back around it, and you're done. So, I mean, it's 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 a simple process. It's the way people did before plows. And what rate of uh, cottonseed meal do you put down? Well, let me see. Uh, it's about 7%. I think it's about 7% nitrogen, 15 pounds of 1,000 square feet, a pound and a half to 100 square feet. That's less than a quart jar for an area that's 10 by 10. It, that's a, a good dusting. You, figure, you, you can figure out. A pound and a half. Uh, yeah, a, a, a pound or two to 100 square feet. But uh, and again, it's got nitrogen in it, which helps organic matter compost, which is good. But it's got protein, which really beefs up worms, just like they use cottonseed meal with hay for cattle because it's got protein in it. Anyway, it really makes it. It's made a huge difference in my garden. I'm not trying to be all organic and natural and permaculture. I'm just trying to have a decent garden with less input and without having to have a tiller. So anyway, it it helps if you were to take a turning fork. You know, or a shovel. Instead of turning it over, stick it down deep and loosen it up. You know, I, I stick my turning fork mm-hmm. down to the hilt and I just wiggle it back and forth to help air and water get down quickly and deeply. And it doesn't disturb the worms that are sitting right next to it. Gotcha. Yeah, so, that's a big help. Thanks. I'll right. try it. Hey, good. Let, 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 let's know how it works, man. Great. Thanks. You bet. Bye bye. Whew, all you ever need to know about stuff like that. Uh, I've been, I've been uh, last night, knowing it's going to rain today, I went out last night, I planted a few little flowers and uh, in an area that's had flowers before, and I did a no-till thing. I just stuck my turning fork in, nice and deep, wiggling it till it went down as deep as it could, pushed it back and forth, just kind of loosened it up a little bit, and uh, planted my stuff, threw some, some leaves around it, threw some cottonseed meal on it, and I'm done. I'm done. If it rains really good, if it doesn't, I'm going to have to go back and water. Hey, if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. And I'd love to kick around some ideas with you. Uh, it's going to be kind of stormy, kind of rainy, but uh, it's a good time to garden. And if you've got little small raised beds or if you've got big containers, uh, gardening is a whole lot easier than uh, than the old traditional way. Uh, I did some research last week, and um, uh, there's a, uh, a group called the National Gardening Association. National Gardening Association conducts a poll every year, a big, uh, expensive poll. Uh, commercial people, nurserymen and, and landscapers and all, they, they pay for this, this, uh, this survey. Uh, it's tri- 
trends in gardening, gardening trends, and it's based on what people did last year and what they say they're going to do. And uh, I noticed that the average size in, 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 in the United States, the average size food plot where people actually go out and have an area they call a garden for growing food, a regular old-fashioned row-type gardening, averages under 600 square feet. And that sounds kind of big, but that's 20 by 30, 20 feet by 30 feet. That's not really that big. It's a, it's a big garden for a lot of folks, but that's the average. However, for urban gardeners where people like me who live in town don't have a dedicated food vegetable garden, the average size garden is about 100 square feet. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's a that's the size that that's the space that my pickup truck takes up. <laughs> my pickup truck takes up a little bit over a hundred square feet, and so that's what I did. I, I dug up an area that was uh, four feet wide and uh, twenty five feet long, and it's my new urban garden. And I'm growing flowers and vegetables and herbs and stuff. And it's been real, real interesting and not that hard. So anyway, if you want to talk about stuff, uh, growing things, if you've never done it before, if you've done some things before and have some easy tips, give us a call. Toll free, one eight seven seven mpb ring What's up, Java? Well, I got a, I have a question for my, for my uh, yard. Yeah. Uh, because... We cleared away some, I guess you could call it a stick pile or something, yeah. and it uh, really was a place where a stump was. Yeah. So we got rid of the, the sticks, and the stump is gone, and me and my dad, we kind of turned over the the earth a little bit, and he was like, oh, you already got a ready-made kind of little little area to to plant something, because it has a, it's a circle, and it has monkey grass already around it. Yeah. So it's just, and it's just begging for something. Pretty good dirt. Yeah. So I was um, I was thinking I was gonna you know ask you what would you put in that in that space I don't have a lot of sun yeah. um, I don't know how to garden <laughs> <laughs> so what can we what can we do that's a, it's, a, it's a good idea any idea about how much sun you've got you got maybe four or five hours of sun. Uh, well, see, the thing is, my yard is tree heavy. Yeah, especially in the um, uh, in the area where this where this circle is. Yeah. so it's just it's just get, it may get like a couple ra- a rays or something. Yeah, but it's it's tree heavy. Yeah, that's that's one of the the challenges. Java is uh, most vegetables that uh, most things that produce flowers or vegetables need a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah, uh, things that grow leafy, you know, leafy green type things, they don't need as much energy. So you know, as far there's all sorts of flowers and stuff we can put out there. Something you can get your kids involved in, you know, that they would enjoy. You know, put a teepee up there and let them grow some vines on it. <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? Just just get some bamboo. And, uh, you know, and just lean up, tie it together at the top and grow vines on it. You know, that'd be kind of fun. Let them spread some kind of old blanket or, or cardboard or something they can sit on in there. Now, what about, because um, uh, uh, my dad suggested this, is uh, some kind of uh, just a ground cover? And is it some kind of colored, like purple ground cover? Oh, yeah. There's, just... Yeah. There, there's there's tons of things that are just they're just pretty. You know, yeah. There's, there's one that's, that's called Purple Heart. And, uh I don't know. Let me just go ahead and say this. I call it an old lady plant because I was <laughs> raised by older women, and all these old ladies had it in their yard, and I grow it. So I look, look like an old lady yard, which, by the way, in the South, anybody listening by podcast, in the South, old lady garden, that's not an age or a gender thing. It's a style of doing what you want to do because we've been we've already done all that stuff. We're going to settle down and do our own thing. 
and uh, that's what older women and older guys tend to guys tend to be production oriented. Okay. Yeah, because my dad he put his uh, garden in the back, and he's waiting for his watermelons to come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's all, he's all about producing things. Where 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 uh, you know, uh, Aunt Mamie, she just wants to have something pretty. You know, so anyway, there's some really good, but Purple Heart's a good one. I can actually get you a start up. You need to bring your kids over to my yard and let them pick out some stuff. I think we may do that. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a trippy little garden for kids because it's got a lot of stuff in it. You'll have to throw throw the coat over something, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my mannequin, well, she's got a cape on her, so, so it's, it's cool. But anyway, no, we can have some fun. How big an around the area is that about? Um, I have to I have to um, really measure it out, but it was a it was a, a a good sized tree stump. Yeah, and the tree we took the tree down because it it died. Yeah, and, but it's, um, it's something the kids could 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 run around real quick. Yeah, not, very not, very much so, very much so. We'll have some fun with that. Yeah, let's go ahead and take this next break, but we do have a, a caller on the line, so right. we'll get to him after this. All righty, folks. Uh, Horticulture's Felder Rushing, Java Chapman, budding new gardener with his kids. His dad's been trying to get him to do stuff. And, and not quite sure how to do it because they weren't paying attention when you were a kid. <laughs> he really has the green thumb. We have watermelons and uh, different things every every season. You know, I had to I had to hoe eighty feet of okra when I was a kid. I said, when I get to be grown, I'm not going to do this. And I grow okra as a flower now. But anyway, we're going to take a real quick break. We got a caller on the line. Got some lines open. You want to give us a call? We'll give the numbers right after this break. But love to chat with you about what's going on in your garden. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and we're going to be uh, kicking around some ideas. Might even share some ideas on what Gestalt means. I got an email. Somebody, want, what does Gestalt and Gestalt Garden mean? Anyway, we'll be right back here at MPB right after this. I'm Mary Louise Kelly, host of All Things Considered. Best wishes to MPB on its 50th anniversary. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and uh, I've got some lines open if you'll give us a call. Meanwhile, we're going to go to Osaka. What's up, John? Hey, how you doing there? I'm fine. Appreciate you holding on. What's, what's going on? Yeah, well, uh, I have a neighbor, and I think you're going to love this one, uh, as eclectic as you are. Uh, <laughs> she is, I mean, she mows her yard three times a week. I mean, you could play putt-putt on her grass. Mm-hmm. And I want to go totally the other extreme. And I'm thinking about a uh, southern variation of a British cottage garden. Yeah. So you got all these plants and no grass, and it'll drive her crazy. Well, yeah, you know, it sounds to me like she needs up her well butrin a little bit. She's got something on her mind. Oh, you know, that's that's okay. You know, some people about her yard. Yeah, different strokes she for different the folks. Yard of the month every month. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. I'll never get yard of the month. Although I do have a yard of the month sign in my garden because I stole it and put it in my yard. But that, that's that's. But in, anyway, the the idea, the idea of a of a it doesn't have to be British. You know, I I stay in England a lot, a whole lot for years and years and years. I've seen a lot of cottage gardens, but I have a cottage garden. A lot of other people do, and it's really fairly common. Um, 
But the problem is you look at pictures and you see, you know, they only take pictures of the really exceptional ones, not the fairly ordinary ones. But they all have certain things in common. And one is they do have an open space. A lot of times it's a lawn. It's a little small lawn. Think of a throw rug rather than wall-to-wall carpet. What they'll do is they'll have a small area, whether it's grass or mulch or paved or, or whatever, uh, and and a, a border, a little edge, usually a little bit of a ditch, and then everything has a cover with mulch, and you just stick stuff in there every which way. There's no other way to put it. Every which way. You put uh, something tall, something short, spiky, rounded, frilly, spring, summer, fall. You just fill the space up. But basically, it starts out with, with a, uh, some kind of open area because you got to have a place to stand and, you know, with your, with your adult beverage. you got to have a place to put your feet. Otherwise, it just becomes what they call a wildflower meadow, which is a, a different style. Anyway, the idea is to, if you go out there and just mow part of it, just part of it, and don't mow the rest of it, it's going to look deliberate because you got that distinct little pattern out there. You can mow a path, you can mow a circle, a square, whatever, and let the rest of it grow up and then just start sticking stuff in with it. And as you get around to it, haul in leaves or bark or whatever. And gradually this place is not mowed, cover it with mulch and then start sticking plants in there. And it could be wildflowers, it could be vegetables, it could be um, you know anything. But they also typically have some interesting shrubs, you know, a little tree here, a shrub there, and no two do it alike. Well, I, I rent, so I can't put in trees. Yeah, well... Uh, but uh, I was wondering about... You can put bottle uh, trees out there. Using, uh, well, I put a bottle, yeah. But I'm, but I'm uh, really interested in using uh, native plants because I don't have to be watering it either. Yeah. Now, I do all kinds of sunflowers. I love the purples. I love the reds. Yeah. So, so the idea, so the idea, instead of planting sunflowers in rows or something, plant groups of sunflower here and there, and in between, plant groups of something else. I tell you something that really drive her nuts. Work up an area that's about just about big enough to put your arms around, a little bit bigger than that, and work up a little area, and in the middle, plant you four or five kernels of corn. And around that, put you four. No, no, just follow me on that. Around that, put four or five bean seeds, and around that, four or five squash seeds. And it makes a wonderful combination. You can make it a little TP like I've done with some bamboo to put in there to give it that instant effect. But that that idea of corn and beans and squash in one area with some sunflower thrown in. Uh, maybe some zinnias, and and if you repeat that here and there, it starts looking like you're up to something. Which is the I'm whole idea? An archaeologist, and yes, the Native Americans did that all the time because the, it's, uh, the it's, corn it's, or the beans put the nitrogen in there, and, and then, corn provides the support, and it needs the nitrogen. And anyway, that, that's what I do. And and again, if you put some zinnias in there or some sunflowers, then by repeating that, what I did was I made the little teepees with some bamboo. And I just got four, each each one of my little things, I got four bamboo, a little teepee. And at the top, I used one of those glass insulators, just slipped over the top, but anything tied together. And immediately, that looks like you're doing something. And by repeating that, uh, it it gives this this idea of order. And so, and, and again, okay. no no two people do this like, but the gist of a cottage garden, small space, this this calm for bees and people and butterflies and birds to swoop and all that, and then everything else just sort of mixed up every which way. And since you're renting, um, if you just simply mow part of it and not mow part of it, 
and take it from there. That's how you get started. Typically, they're also going to have some kind of accessories, uh, birdhouses, a uh, little sculpture. We have those. Yeah, we that kind those. of thing. <laughs> anyway, if you shoot me an yeah, email, I actually have a gargoyle. Yeah, there you go. Well, I actually have a you – know, what I see in a lot of English gardens is they'll have a big area. Uh, instead of a lawn, they'll mow uh, around the edge, and they'll mow some paths through. And along the paths, they'll mow a little bit bigger area and put a bench. And they just, you know, they so they have pathways through the the wildflowers in the middle thing. And, and it works. It works. Well, I'm also a big uh, morning glory and uh, mixing morning glories with moonflowers. TP, one word, TP. Okay. There you go. And, uh, I, and I, I have a fence there that I grow them on. I, have a, I actually have a dead tree. Fences are typically straight lines. You know, make the architect in you relax a little bit and veer away from the line a little bit. Have some things sticking out from the fence into the yard. Create rooms. <laughs> anyway, if you'll shoot me an email, I've got a list of uh, of the common denominators of cottage gardens, whether it's in Japan or, or, or South America where, or England, whatever, cottage garden. Well, I, I mainly wanted to use, uh, well, other than the sunflowers, uh, using uh, local sustainable where I don't have to water them every day. I, I, I have got... Uh, hundreds, hundreds of different kinds of plants in my little garden, and I'm typically gone from May till September. Nobody waters my yard, so I mean there are plenty of plants, lots and lots and lots of stuff. So anyway, shoot me an email, and we can take it from there. All right, I will do so. And by the way, man, I've been listening to your show for years, even when I was in living in Florida. <laughs> well, appreciate it. Appreciate I, I went on, it. I went online and listened to your show. <laughs> well, listen, go to the, go to the store. Wait your turn in line, get you some plastic spoons, and go out at night and make a design in her yard with the spoons. <laughs> Bye, John. See you. Thanks for coming. her crazy. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. I shouldn't be that way. You know, everybody's got their own style. Some people, you know, clean shaven. Some people got beards. It's all good. By the way, Java, you know, I started growing a beard. Had me something to do. Man, I will tell you, every it seems like everybody's growing a beard. I had my beard long before uh, quarantine, yeah. but everybody has one now. Yeah. It's like me wearing uh, Converse tennis shoes. I don't wear Converse tennis, low-top chuckies because they're cool. I've been wearing them since, they're, since I was 10. My feet are shaped like this. <laughs> By the way, can you see my coffee cup from where you are? And your, t- your coffee cup, I don't know if you were in on the conversation, but your coffee cup was the topic of conversation this morning. Is this nasty or what? Was you tell me, because what is that? It's coffee stain. It's not, I, I, I rinse it out. It's clean. But that's what coffee will do to a coffee cup if you don't scrub it. So this is my coffee cup is sort of like a hobby of mine. You know, there's not a whole lot to do right now. So growing a beard, my coffee cup has become sort of a hobby. You need to come up with something from your garden to help clean that up. Oh, I can, I can clean it. But the point is, as clean, as just stained, it's coffee. It's okay. You know, one of these days, I'll be able to scrape that stuff off and make me a whole cup off of it. Yeah, just if you get in a pinch. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, take this, uh, this call or do the music or what? Uh, let's go ahead and do the music because um, I, you brought in... Uh, choices of tunes and the one that I chose. Um, it's a sweet tune. Yeah, and uh, and and you say um, 
uh, the the leader of this group just passed away. The yeah, the um, the leader of the. Um, oh, I've just drawn a total blank here. No, we, no, were t- no. we were talking about it earlier. <laughs> we really were. Uh, the lady, the lady Smith, um, Black Mombaza, uh, and Joseph uh, Shabala Shabalala uh, passed away in February. He was the founder of this group, and you were telling me about how they uh, kind of came out of nowhere from South Africa. Yeah, Paul Paul Simon produced this album. Anyway, it's really appropriate because it's, it's chucking it down out there right now. <laughs> and I love it because it means I don't have to drag a host. Folks, we're going to take a real quick break and come back with phone calls and more of the Gestalt Gardener right after this. folks welcome back i appreciate the calls we were getting off the air about how to clean my coffee cup with bacon soda and all that stuff and i do appreciate it but i know what to do i know how to clean the car i was in the navy i know how to clean a coffee cup but i'm growing this thing as a hobby and it seems to be disgusting for the for part of the population and i'm like a hero in the 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 other side so anyway appreciate it um i got an email i want to share with y'all but first we've got uh sanders been hanging on from natchez for a long time sanders thank you so much what's up hi babe howdy what's up how are you this morning so far so good you are so bad yeah thank you yes (laughs) ma'am but i'm cheerful i'm cheerful (laughs) <laughs> you give out, uh, yeah, you are. You give out bad information to these people. <laughs> well, what can I help you? You get them shot. That's right. What, what's oh? You talking about putting spoons in a lady's yard? Hello. You're beautiful. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. 
Okay, thank you for your call, Sandra. <laughs> She's from Natchez on top. And I shouldn't have suggested putting spoons in the lady's yard. She likes to mow her yard because she got something on her mind or her heart or, she, or, or something. And I, I totally get that. Some people do that, and it's all right. Uh, meanwhile, let's go to Jackson. Hey, Gene, and good morning. How are you, man? I'm good. Good morning to you as well. Thank you. And uh, stay safe. Uh, <clears throat> I wanted to give Java, is that correct name? Yeah, Java. Yeah, okay, Java. Yeah, that area that he has. Now, I didn't know whether he was asking to uh, grow food or he was just wanting to put uh, flowers in that area. Which Which is it? What is it, Java? Food or flowers or what? Uh, Gene, it. Probably, probably just uh, some flowers because I don't think we got enough sun, man, to uh, to to grow any food. Well, I'm quite sure that fellow knows this. It just may not have come to mind. But but if I had that area, what I would do with it is this uh, hosta, uh, vincia, uh, take and put your like you already got the monkey grass with the circular, and then take and put that hosta, and between your hosta, you can use something like I think it's vincia. Yeah. Uh, you could use uh, Sweet William. Uh, and then you take you take your pot like a, a peace lily, a uh, peace lily in the pot. And you can take your pot in because you don't want to leave your peace lily out during the cold weather. Just, but you could take your pot back in with the peace lily, and, and that peace lily would be in the center. And, and uh, that I think that would look real nice. That would be like a focal point right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't need any sun for any of these plants. Yeah, those are good. And you know, you know the old fashioned canna, old canna lily. Right, right. That that'll grow. That'll be upright too. Put it there, and it would look good with the piece lily. But I like the idea of putting uh, what they call a hard feature, a pot or something out there that gives you something physical to look at, and everything else sort of comes and goes around it. That's a good idea, Gene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, appreciate it. Look, listen to you all the time. Love your show. Thanks for being part of it, Gene. We appreciate that. Okay, everybody, stay safe. See, Java is a team effort. We're going to help you. I see. I, I put it out there in the atmosphere, and yeah, some people are going to uh, call back and ask me what I've done with that circle. So I'm on the job now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyway, uh, bring bring your kids over. There, there's some, and it, it, I've got some cool little plants that are real easy to divide and stick out there, and just that'll grow in the shade. We'll have some fun with. It. By the way, we got a, an email in uh, from a lady from Sumrall, Mississippi, and I love her name. Her name is great. Chrisita J. Lemaire. Chrisita J. Lemaire. What a great name. Anyway, she wanted to know if I have any suggestions uh, for making a chicken coop or a chicken tractor. A chicken tractor is just basically a, a, a box with chicken wire around it that's open at the bottom, and you put it put chickens under it, and when they eat stuff, then you move it. And you keep moving it. You know, the chickens don't actually drive it, but it's just a, a chicken box <laughs> that you move on down the row around there and let them eat, you know, dig stuff up and eat bugs and stuff like that. You know, I don't know where they came with the idea of a chicken tractor. You want to know if I had any plans for it. It's, it there are lots of plans for chicken coops and chicken tractors and things like that. Lots and lots. They're real trendy. I mean, P. Allen Smith from over in Little Rock, he's a chicken keeper. Uh, but anyway, I don't have any plans myself, but there's lots online, and uh, I'd be glad to kick around a few ideas if you want to shoot me another email about it. also wants to know if I order my gardening tools from somewhere in particular. And no, a lot of my gardening tools were... 
uh, I, I, I bought a few, but uh, my two favorite garden tools are were belong to my great grandmother, and I still use it. One is a turning fork. Looks like a, a regular fork, except it's a little small thing with a with a wooden handle, and I use it to just sort of loosen dirt and uh, and work compost in. I probably use my turning fork more than anything, and I've got a a, a straight bladed spade, not a shovel with a scoop and all like that, but it's a straight bladed flat blade spade that I use to edge stuff and stick it straight down, flip stuff back. And uh, so I use my spade. Sometimes I use a shovel to move dirt and stuff from one place to the other on my turning fork. Uh, but you can actually get these tools online. A lot of places have them locally, but they're heavy duty. They don't feel right. I like the good old fashioned, feels good in your hand like your favorite skillet, uh, kitchen type of thing. And um, I, I got, uh, and there are places online that have those. And then uh, the last thing was uh, she wanted to know what a certain kind of plant is. She said it, she lies it, looks like it's invasive, it spreads. Great big leaves. It's called rice paper plant. I'll send you an email about this. Rice paper plant has leaves you cannot put your arms around. Great big leaves. And it comes up, uh, it, sometimes it's evergreen, sometimes it dies down, but it does tend to spread. Anyway, uh, let's go to uh, Biloxi. Talk with Craig. Hey, Craig, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. Uh, I got four questions here. Okay. How do you, how do you speed up stump right? Okay, uh, we'll we'll do them one at a time. Stumper, uh, anything if if you can chop it up or take a drill and drill holes all in it and then throw dirt in it. What decomposes stuff is bacteria and fungi, and and they need air, moisture. See, so if you can rough it up or drill holes in it, just throw dirt in it and wet it down, uh, then that'll speed it up a whole lot. But there's there's really not any any super fast way, um, you know, other than than digging it out, which is a lot of trouble. You can also cut it off flat and put a pot of something on top of it, I mean, you know, put your little concrete chicken around it or something like that. But you know, air and moisture, okay, and I'll and draw- and then introduce some bacteria by throwing some real dirt on it. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, okay, I want to make a uh, like a, a covering for my roof out of vines. Yeah, and what is and I'd like to have them in a container so I can put them up there and water them. Is is there anything I can use for that? You, what for the container or the vines? Well, for the vine, I want to make like a, a sunshade for like a like a carport or or yeah. my roof. Yeah, I I actually have one of these. The entry to my garden, I put up some big poles. And uh you know the uh that that reinforcing mesh that they put in concrete, it's got like, you know, Four inch yeah. squares, and it's yeah. kind of rusty looking. I put some posts up and connected them, you know, with some some uh, two by sixes, and I just made arches of this stuff, and the vines just wrap all in with it. I mean, I've got a solid vine entryway that does that. Um, but you know, if you can, any kind of container you can attach to it, whether you you put the posts up and uh, or whatever, and and, uh, and screw it to something any way you can get up. But the bigger the container, the less often you can have to water and that's the right. that's a real consideration so and I just what any any kind of vine well yeah but there's lots that grow well you know in in uh, mediterranean climates in uh in tropical climates california florida even um and this is another it's called a vi- uh, a gourd house uh and you basically plant gourds and they're quick they got big leaves then those fruits hang down but you can also throw in uh moonflower which has big leaves and blooms in the evening uh but if you put gourds and moonflowers 
as the, your starter plants, they'll cover more quickly than anything with big leaves. And then you can also add any other kind of vine you want. But those are, those are good, fast-growing, big-leaf shade vines with something pretty to look at. Okay, are the muscadine vines, I know they're for, for getting grapes, are, are they okay for containers? No, not really. Uh, muscadines are woody plants. You know, they really need a more consistent, you know, the, the containers could be wet, dry, wet, dry, you know, that kind of thing. And muscadines really aren't quite fast enough. You know, they take a, a couple of three or four years to cover, um, and, and they're, they're really not suitable. I, I, my family had the oldest winery in the state. I've grown muscadines since the 1970s, and they're really not suitable for containers, and they're, they're, they're pretty slow. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, what can I plant to feed? I want to get chickens, and what, what is there I, a favorite not, plant? I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a bird guy. I don't know. There's lots, okay. there's, there's, there's lots of people really earnest about it, but since I'm gone a lot, I can't really have chickens, so I, I don't keep track of that. Okay. Okay. And and the last one is I have a bunch of old seeds. Is there anything I can moisturize them to get them started or some some old some old what? Seeds. Seeds. Uh, how how old are they? Oh, some of them are 10 years old, yeah. but uh, I have... Try, try, try this. Uh, you know, take, take a certain number of them so you can keep track, let's say 5 or 10 or whatever, um, and then put them in a, a, a paper towel and moisten it. You don't want to soppy wet, but moisten the paper towel, roll them up, put them in a plastic Ziploc-type bag, and which provides humidity, and the humidity and the moisture is what they need to sprout and keep it indoors, you know, or in a warm place, not in the sunshine. And within a, a week or two, unroll it and see how many sprouted. That'll tell you what's what's called the germination rate. And if none sprouted, you've saved some time. If all sprouted, don't plant so many. But uh, that's a germination test, a rolled-up paper towel in a plastic bag in a warm but not direct sunshine place and just see how many sprout. Okay, I'm going to give that a shot. And that's that's it for today. Okay, hey, if you want to list us some really good vines, i got some phones. You know, Black-Eyed Susan vines, Cypress vine. I've got lots and lots and lots of re- – I'm a vine type of guy. Yeah. Okay, hey, Alan, one more thing. I started shaving because it makes my mask fit better. <laughs> okay. Well, I see. I just, not me. I just stay at home. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to go out and get things, so yeah. so in order for that thing to seal around the outer edges, I have to shave. So. Yeah. All righty, man. Well, anyway, good luck on it. If you need some more stuff, shoot me an email. Okay. Thank you. All righty. Let's go. Uh, we got to take a real, real quick break. When we come back, we're going to go down to Waynesboro and then all the way back up to Memphis, talking about gardening. Um, you know, just kicking around a bunch of ideas about um, things you can plant this time of year. Almost anything. A lot of people plant stuff in March and early April, and it takes a week, two weeks for the stuff to sprout. I waited till the end of April, 1st of May, and my stuff came up two days later because it's warm and moist. So this is a great weekend to go visit a garden center. They're loaded with stuff. They've been, got their tongues hanging out. They're out of a lot of stuff. But gardening is is uh, is is. People are getting real earnest about it, and there's lots of stuff you can plant right now that'll grow better than what your neighbor planted a month ago. We're going to take a real quick break. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Me and Java and all the other folks here at MPB, we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
Okay, folks, welcome back. Uh, by the way, I heard something really, really crazy about uh, the mascot for 2020. It needs to be the raccoon. And uh, think about this raccoon. Why? Well, think about it. They're always washing their hands, and they always wear a mask. And if you rearrange the letters to raccoon, it spells Corona. <laughs> corona. And <laughs> mask and washing their hands. Oh, boy. Let's go down to Waynesboro and talk to V. Hey, V, good morning. Good morning. I enjoy your show. Thank you. It's about my garden in the backyard. I had uh, someone to till it with the, you know, the uh, push tiller. Right. And it must be planted in clay because um, it didn't come up. It's hard. It's just like, it's like seeding it over. Yeah, yeah, it'll do that. Um, what, what? Clay sticks to clay. You know, it's got a little flat particle, and it sticks to each other. They need to pry them apart. You know, it's sort of like crumbling crackers up in a bowl of chili. It sort of fluffs it up and dilutes it. And what you do with clay is you add organic matter. You know, you can put some leaves over it or some bark or something like that, and then till it in, sort of like making crackers and chili, and it keeps the clay from sticking back to clay. So uh, the way you loosen up uh, clay is by adding organic matter to it. Uh, is this a very big area, V? Oh, it, it's small. Maybe it's less than a hundred square feet. Okay. Well, you know, it's, when, when they tilled it up, they broke it up pretty good. If you know, if you could get some some cheap bark or some compost, or find somebody's got some gin moats or any kind of organic matter, and put about an inch or two, no more than three inches, but at least an inch or two two or three inches of stuff on top, and then till it together, it'll stay loose. And uh, and, and that's really what it takes. There are some plants that are growing clay. They can get roots down in it, but you got to get them started, and they won't start when it's hard and slick. So if you could lightly break up just the top bit and put some seeds out and then shake some pine straw or some leaves on top to keep it from running back together real smooth, a lot of times those seeds will take it from there. But uh, right at first, the seed's going to need something kind of loose to get started in. So if you could, you know, get some bark or some mulch or anything like that, lightly break up the – you don't have to till again. Just break up the the, the hard top bit, throw some seeds out, and then just shake some stuff. Not enough to bury it, just enough to keep it where it's not going to run back together in, in all the rain and the sun. All right. I planted okra, squash. Um, peas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let, let cucumbers, me, uh, and, and there's like maybe one or two peas, uh, or yeah. maybe three or four um, okra. Yeah, well, you know, that's it's it's tough, but like I say, you you know, once you get started, they can take it from there. But they, you know, if it if it slicks over and gets really hard and and yeah. and crush it over, the seed they can't break through it. So I had to tell you something else you might want to try, V. You know, is this like a square area, or is it longer than wide, or what? It's uh, it's like a a, a rectangle. Uh-huh. If you could break that up into two or three smaller gardens, in other words, let's say it's a, a 10 feet wide, make it into two four-foot-wide things with a pathway down the middle and treat them as two different gardens, you know, side by side, two smaller gardens, then it's easy to do one at a time. 
And when that one's done and stuff coming up, then you can work about the other. Instead of doing it all at once, you could break even a, a little garden. Even an area the size of my pickup truck could be broken up into three smaller areas with a path between them and treat them as individual little gardens instead of one big garden. And uh, that, it's a lot easier to handle that way. Right. I have a small area about like your pickup that I'm speaking about, and then yeah. I have another area that's just there. Right. Um, I hadn't touched that yet, but this little area here that's about the size of the pickup, that's where it's hard. So I'll right. get the mulch, and and I, I went through with my little hole and opened it up some, and yeah. some things did come up. Yeah, well, that's, that's the idea. Once you, once you loosen it up and just lightly cover it with a little bit of leaf, not enough to bury it, but enough just to where you can sort of see some of the dirt and sort of not see some of it. But again, even near the side of the pickup truck can be broken up into two or three smaller areas and treat each one almost like a little, you know, like a miniature garden and just do one at a time. What's good for the bugs? A whole different ball game. Depends on what kind of bug and stuff like that. There's no all-purpose bug thing. So we've got to wait and see what, what kind of bugs you got. Okay, for collards. I have some plants. And I see something nibbled. Uh, well, you know, we're sort of get, uh, we're, we're sort of the end of collars. When it gets really hot, the collars go to seed. You know, they don't do real well. But, it, again, it depends on what kind of bug it is. If it's caterpillars, you know, the bottom of the leaves where the little green caterpillars, you know, we've got a, a worm spray that will kill just the worms. But, um, anyway, there's too many possibilities to say he's just a blanket thing. Okay. Um I did some mustards and they did they didn't do very well either here. So I'll replant with okay. the mulch. Okay. And keep in mind that things like mustard and collards and lettuces and, and things like that, we plant those in the fall and the late winter because they don't grow in the summertime, just like tomatoes and peppers won't grow in the wintertime. See, so you, you can have a winter garden, a fall and winter garden and then a summer garden, two different kinds of, of plants. Okay. All righty, V. Call anytime. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. Oh, boy, I heard the worst ever joke, the worst ever joke, but we're going to talk to Wilma in Memphis first. Hey, Wilma, thank you for holding. What's up this morning? Hey, Felder. Three weeks ago, I planted a grape tomato plant in Mm. a five-gallon tub. Uh Uh-huh. The leaves, the original leaves, are getting brown spots on them and just don't look healthy. A little bit of new growth looks fine. Yeah. What do you think's wrong with it? Well, there's a lot of different kinds of diseases that affect leaves of, of tomatoes, and there's not much you can do about them unless you want to keep them sprayed all the time. Uh, so, uh, and it could just be that those leaves, with their original leaves, when you moved them out, they were weaker. Uh, when you take a plant from a garden center and put it out in the garden, those leaves can't change and adapt the the new leaves are what come out and get used to the new conditions so it could just be that transition shock so uh you know without really knowing you know specific without looking at it all i can suggest is give the plants a little fertilizer just a little bit maybe half strength and snip all the older leaves off and let's see what happens to the new growth because okay, cool, cool wet weather, you know, causes problems temporary. I mean, I'm seeing spots on oak leaves right now that are only on the new leaves that come out when it's cool and wet. The leaves that come out later are perfectly fine. Okay. Okay, great. Thanks, Felder. Enjoy your program. Appreciate it. Thank you. We got time for the joke now, Java. 
<laughs> See, this guy walks into a record store. He's the world's expert on wasps, and the Latin name for wasp is Vespid. And uh, he walks in this record store and said, uh, the, uh, the Vespid Society has got a new uh, Sounds of Vespid's Volume 2 record. Have you got it? And they said, yeah. He said, well, can I preview it? He said, sure. Put it on the microphone. Listen to this thing. And he said, yeah, it really doesn't sound like Vespa. It doesn't really sound like Wasp. He said, well, it is. Here's the album. He said, well, let me try the next track. So they moved to the next track, and he listened. And for, he said, I'm the world's expert on this, and those don't sound like Wasps at all. And the guy looked at him, looked down, and said, oh, I'm sorry. I put the record on the B side. Good old <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a truly bad joke, but you know, there's not a lot of great garden jokes. Um, we've had a, a whole bunch of uh, got a whole bunch of emails uh, while we're on the air, and I'll, che- I'll get those because it's too wet to go outside when I when I get out here. So I'll answer the emails. But Java, we got some good ideas already coming on emails of stuff you can plant in that circle. So you started this. See, I told you people are going to hold me to task now. I got to, oh, I, I started something. Well, the, the <laughs> guy the guy who called earlier about putting a pot or something that's kind of upright. Yeah, Gene, that's a good idea. And there's a whole bunch of plants. That do, but what you do is you, almost like a, a, a plant fountain in the middle of something that goes up. And then put some middle-sized stuff around that and some little stuff around that. And that's the idea. And now the number one thing about all of these suggestions is I have to run it by my wife. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Or, or you could just get out there with the kids, and if she says something about saying, I'm gardening, leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how far that goes. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, it is, it's, uh, it's going to be a good weekend, folks. It's going to be cool. It's unusually cool. Uh, it's going to be a great time to get out and about and do things today. Today is a little, little, little iffy, but uh, if you haven't gardened before, a big container or a group of containers, five-gallon buckets in a group, spray paint them, drill some holes in the bottom. We can plant some stuff. A little small raised bed with or without a frame. There's so many ways you can do that, and people are getting out in their yards doing this with their kids who've never done it before. And uh, that's what I'm here for. Shoot me an email during the week if you have questions. Garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, meanwhile, me and Java and all the other folks at MPB, we could take a week-long break. And, and well, I'm going to take a break because there's stuff during the week with all sorts of food and, and, uh, and, and fix it and automobiles and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to go home and look out the window at my garden, hoping this rain helps it really jump. Take a kid to a garden center. Show them how to do what we do best, folks. Show them how to get dirty. See y'all next week.